0: Look, look, if you don't want to make make that change change within
1: within yourself, yourself, it's not going to get better. better. This might not apply apply to apply to everybody. But if you feel like you're rock bottom, okay, and you're hoping for a better day, but you literally are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's a definition of insanity. You are provided with a choice every day. You are provided with multiple choices throughout the entire day. Take that choice, make that change. You've identified a problem. You're saying you're rock bottom. Got it. You're there now. There's only one way and it's up. So change your mindset. Use that choice and go a freaking different direction. Love y'all. Face Man VTT out.
2: Day three of retirement. As an infantryman, I was asked if I could clean the sink. So let's look at this. Definitely some kind of grime on there. And I open up the cabinet. What do I use? Nothing comes to mind. Like, my experience is my skill set. Nothing. Wait a minute. Everyone knows this is how you clean everything. Infantry Retired. Just a good second.
3: Would you like a military discount? Uh, oh, do you offer one? Honestly oh, cap okay, of the day. CC's
0: Pizza is the county fair of restaurants. You go in there, you look around, you feel a little bit better about yourself, then you realize that you're in there too. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Well, let's be honest. You know, not everybody's made for this life. It's scary. You know, you got to jump out of a plane while it's moving. That's not natural. It's high. It's it's fucking wet outside sometimes. It's snowy. It's hot. It's dry. It's shitty. Who the fuck would want to be airborne? Best job. Fucking best job I ever had.
4: Veteran Trash Talk Hour! Hosted by
2: Nick, Dave,
4: and Buddy!
0: Real warriors making fun of other real warriors! Try to not get triggered!
1: <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-five of the Trash Talk Hour. Today we have returning guest Ben Owen, and he's going to be talking about we fight monsters. And as usual, I'm here with Nick and Buddy. Happy Saturday, everybody! What up?
2: I, I, well, right what away. Up. I, I, right, right away. I'm triggered, but, buddy. What is that behind you? Like, what is that? Like, is that? Are, are you decorating? My bed. No, the lights. <laughs> you tell about those? Yeah. What is this? A college dorm room? Yeah, You're in you college.
0: You yeah, you get you get hang pictures from them. It's nice, it's nice, nice little uh, little ambiance, if you will. It's like a nightlight. I'm scared of the dark. Here's the thing: I'm scared of the dark, so I need a nightlight. Everybody yeah, knows that. That's what it looks like. Fair I just enough. put those up in my daughter's room. It's fine. You know, I had uh, I had to have that conversation. Yeah, our youngest has
1: those in his room too. Yeah,
0: yeah I had to have that conversation with my uh, ex-wife at one point because she wouldn't sleep in the room without a nightlight on. When I was gone, like, on, and I was like, the only thing that nightlight is doing is allowing the rapist to find you. <laughs> like, if, like, if you have a, better chance, <laughs> you have a better chance. Just be dark. Like, so if you exposing really yourself, safe, no pun intended. <laughs> everybody knows if you want to feel safe, you just got to put the cover over your head. Then the murderer and the rapist can't catch you. But if you got a nightlight, they don't even have to look. They're just like You're right there. Right. Just boom. Found you. Found you. Thanks for Anyway, sh- how's, yeah, yeah. How's your weekends going there, boys? Not so far.
4: Good. I'm uh Good. I, yeah. I get to
0: take uh I get to take uh the boy to his first uh, homecoming tonight. Oh He's nice. So I gotta jump off nice. right, right at one hour because I gotta I gotta get my chauffeur suit on so I can take this boy and, and the little girl and eat dinner. I was so happy That's with what's the what's one up? he chose to. Because I was like, hey, look, you could pick like where you guys want to go eat, whatever. Like, what do you want? And uh she was like Mexican food. And I was like, fuck yes. That's what I'm yeah. about. That's what you can it. never he go said, wrong with tacos, man. Hey girl, get all the free chips you want. You get, you get it better be
2: a virgin margarita. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> then what, he told me he was like, uh, the, like their dance doesn't start till eight. I was like, all right, what time we have to pick her up? And he was like, six, and I was like. That's two hours. Y'all go out for drinks. Like, what do we do? Like, <laughs> you're in the ninth grade. What do you need two Pictures hours, bro, to go to a... bro? Yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. Maybe Pictures. I don't know. They're also doing these promposals for homecoming now, which oh, I don't. Well. I don't get. I don't understand it. What is that? They go. Like, it's it's almost like they do a proposal.
5: Yeah, it's like this like social, a, like a, dramatic, a wedding proposal gotcha. for social they, media. Like they, like they go
0: fucking crazy for likes like, you got to get likes. all kinds of crazy shit yeah. for it like he asked her he went and got a soccer ball and then wrote because she plays soccer he wrote you want to kick it with me at homecoming and i was like <laughs> i mean okay i gotta give you the I, I give you the pun nod but the fact that you're not just going hey girl you want to go to homecoming right yeah like I, he was like what kind of stuff did you used to do dad or just asked him i just said yeah. hey you want to go to homecoming and then we gotta over no, everything yes. literally no but whatever how hey, you like me now girl <laughs> anyway
1: anyway well good we're having a great saturday it's gonna be a phenomenal show and uh thanks everybody for tuning in brian what up boats what up linda kelly yeah, yeah. kelly renee saying good afternoon y'all and then uh somebody was commenting on uh from What's like up, kelly
2: yeah, somebody from LinkedIn, uh, it was an attorney was saying, never thought of that to buddy. Yeah, here uh Susan Stanford. <laughs> never thought of that. Keeping the light on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Turn it off. Turn yeah, just turn the light off and you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> <Science>. <laughs> like- well, anywho, what better way to kickstart this dumpster fire, the uh, trash talk hour with another conspiracy theory. And uh before Chris oh, is plays there this a video child on
0: my screen right now. I'm yeah, not yeah, allowed to You're gonna to look see it in a
1: second. No, no, it's fine. You'll, you'll you'll see. This was the best video I could find. The other ones were eight minutes. So we're going to talk about reincarnation. So I don't know if you guys have ever looked into this. We Ooh. dabbled a little bit in religion last week. So I figured, you know, why don't we why don't we touch that? And I'll scroll through TikTok, YouTube, and there's just millions of cases. Obviously, you know, they don't all have to be true, but there's millions of cases out there of young children claiming that they, you know, were a different person in a different life. And this one right here is the James Leiniger case. Um, One of the bigger ones and well-known ones. And again, there's YouTube videos. There's a whole hour documentary on this. This kid right here actually explains it in like two, three minutes. So we're going to play the video and then we're going to discuss it. Go ahead, Chris.
3: Mind-blowing cases of reincarnation, part 35. About two weeks after his second birthday, James woke up screaming and crying around 3 o'clock in the morning, which his mom said was so bad it was like he was being killed. His parents ran into his room to check on him, and he was repeating, Airplane crash, on fire, little man can't get out. His dad started asking him questions like, what happened to your plane? James said it got shot. He asked who shot your plane? James said the Japanese. He asked how he knew it was the Japanese. James said the big red sun. His dad asked where his plane came from. He said a boat. He asked if this boat had a name. James said, yes, Natoma. There was, in fact, an aircraft carrier called the USS Natoma Bay that supported the Battle of Iwo Jima in World War II. He found it a complete mystery how a two-year-old knew that information. The next day, his mom talked to her mom and told her all that had happened with James and what he was saying. She replied with, maybe he's experiencing a past life, and his dad flat out said, that's bullshit. He said, that is not happening in this house. I don't believe that stuff, and if that's what you're thinking, I'm gonna prove you wrong. One day, James was talking about his airplane, and his dad asked what kind of plane he flew. James said it was a Corsair. His dad went on the internet, did some research, and found that there was no Corsair that flew off the Natoma Bay and used that against the whole past life theory. He said that James will eventually get over what he's going through. His mom was talking to him one night and asked what his name was when he used to fly planes. He said it was also James, but that he didn't remember his last name. His dad then found a list of men that were killed on aircraft carriers during World War II, where he found 18 men that were killed aboard the Natoma Bay. He was quite startled and even kind of scared when he found the name James M. Houston, who was killed during the Battle of Iwo Jima. His mom really wanted a picture of him, so she did research that took her about six weeks until she found someone in his family. She found and made contact with James Houston's sister Anne and asked if she could send any pictures of her brother. Anne said sure and that she'd be happy to send photos. She didn't want to scare an 80-year-old woman into hanging up on her, so she told her she was just doing research on the Natoma Bay. James's mom checked the mailbox every day until she eventually got the package and was speechless about what she found inside. In fact, she was so shocked that she told her husband he needed to come home from work. Inside was a picture of James M. Houston standing in front of a Corsair. They found that, before James was assigned to Natoma Bay, he was in a Navy squad that flew Corsairs. By this point, they told James' sister Anne the truth about why they wanted the pictures. They actually ended up meeting her, and right away, James was comfortable even calling her Annie, which is what her brother used to call her. She said all the information was very shocking and surprising, but that she does believe James is the reincarnation of her brother. His family then went to where James Houston's plane crashed to have a memorial. They even brought a bouquet of flowers from Tokyo to lay on the water. Initially, James seemed fine, until his mom said it's time to say goodbye, which is when James visibly got upset. He threw the flowers in the water, and then cried for over 20 minutes. Even now, at the age of 24, James maintains his belief that he is the reincarnation of James Houston. He says that the memories have lessened, but if he really tries to, he can remember the plane crash. He hopes that one day, scientists can find evidence proving reincarnation.
1: So I I personally don't. Yeah, I don't have an explanation for this at all. Um, I don't have any scientific facts. I do, however, believe in it. I think there's just because like I said, when you Google it, there's millions of cases all across the world. I saw kids. There was one child like in Syria, I think it was. And he had like a birthmark, a big one india about being killed yeah it, yeah you saw that yeah. one where yeah. was killed by a guy with an axe or yeah. whatever and then ended up finding the murderer like how is a child supposed to know any of this so again i don't have an explanation for this i do believe in reincarnation and i do believe this story and and that's my take ben what's your take on this
5: uh i don't have an explanation for it um i i don't doubt the credibility of it but i have no i mean i'm you know i'm not supposed to sit here and say that i believe in reincarnation and all that because i'm a christian but at the end of the day dude there's tons of stories like this and i can't explain them i have no rational explanation for it so i mean there's something to it there's no doubt about it there, there's enough instances anecdotal and otherwise of shit like this happening that there, i mean there's got to be something to it and and for any of us to claim we understand everything about the universe i mean there's you can't aliens you can't. yeah, yeah oh, there we go. That's what it is. <laughs> oh. yeah it's always aliens yeah i mean i I believe that that these things actually happen how they happen i don't know does it mean he's reincarnated or that he somehow got past knowledge who the fuck knows
1: i don't know right right good deal all right sweet appreciate you buddy what's your take on this all right first of all as a christian you kind of
0: have to believe in reincarnation it's in the bible that's actually
5: a very good point sir
0: yeah just saying yeah um but and, and i've actually seen this story quite a bit there's a whole there's like a, a there was a whole 2020 i think it was 2020 or 60 minutes or whatever show on this kid and there's there's way more information than that three minute video on this particular yeah, like he story was naming like
1: other minutes, pilots, and right? it's all and stuff, stuff like, that,
0: like he yeah. there's absolutely no like he knew people on the plane he met or he on was the two. plane he knew people he was on the two. boat yeah yeah, yeah two-year-old's no, he not he fabricating all that he's definitely not and researching was, like talking to them like it was like he was like a five-year-old that was one of the boys you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. all these like old like World War II pilots or whatever oh and they and like the aircraft carrier wasn't really an aircraft carrier it was like a boat that had been transformed into an aircraft carrier so it was like this completely random thing that he would know and all this other stuff Anyway, so yeah, I and then there's also people they said, like you were talking about like the kid that had like people say like your birthmark is actually of the scar from how you died you yeah. like yeah in a past life whatever I got um, shot in the ass then dude I
2: got one right maybe it was a maybe it was a Roman got, yeah maybe it was a Roman spear
0: in, in the back the of the thigh the little
1: gladiator yeah. over there yeah um,
0: but. Uh, <laughs> But here's my thing, I, I, I to to answer your question, Dave, I do believe in uh, in reincarnation at some level, because I think, you know, I mean, energy can't be destroyed. It can only be transferred. So yeah, it yeah. makes
1: sense. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of theories on that one that we're like, that were not just on this planet, that the energy transfers to like all kinds of other planets. Dimensions. And that's where you and then dimensions, Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any,
0: yep. anyway,
2: you're not getting him into an alien talk, Dave.
0: I'm hold not, on. I, I can here, about aliens. The, uh, do it. Hold on. Here's the thing that <laughs> I can't wonder. The thing that really trips me out, right? Like, what if this kid had gotten reincarnated? Like, I don't know why I just said it that way, but reincarnated. And uh and like he was like all of like a lot of the older World War II like pacific region vets and was just got reincarnated racist as fuck and was like (laughs) fuck these japs i'll never fucking get a nip car like you had american tvs in here i don't want any of these i don't want any. what's this sony bullshit you bring up (laughs) you bring up something funny you know what I mean? But he was, like, born in, like, the, the 1990s, but he talked like a crotchety, like.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny <laughs> it's what like you say, buddy. Like uh, you said you've seen a bunch of documentaries, but veteran, and he was just it like... was one that I was going to talk about. There was one that I was going to talk about. I ended up going with this kid. It's this kid that grew, uh, is growing up in England, but he has an American accent, and he talks about being like, born in America. That's his past life, but he has an American accent. Wow. Not a British accent. I just and me. the dad's like we don't have any you know we don't have any american friends here like it's all british he goes to an english school out here you know like i don't know where he gets it from but then again there's a whole trail of other kids who do the same thing with different accents he's in whatever he's country in they class, grew up in
0: just says something to you he's like he's like you know what 100 200 years ago we'd have been throwing your tea in the bay and she's like oliver you're, <laughs> you're from brighton I'm not- <laughs> you're you're a Tottenham fan? Okay?
1: Experiments gone wrong. CIA experiments gone wrong. I don't know about that.
2: I'm not from Nottingham. Ben knows all about that stuff. Yeah. I'm from New Hampshire. <laughs>
1: I don't know shit. <laughs> hey. So yeah, anyway, I got, buddy, hey, you're I, got, bank, I you definitely see, believe in it. Yeah. I got yeah. to see
5: the AKM Ben Laden died with. How cool is that? Speaking of CIA shit. Oh, that
0: was pretty bad. Right? Damn.
5: Yeah. That yes. was that blew my mind. All right. Anyway.
0: Ooh, what if that dude gets reincarnated?
5: Who's he going to get reincarnated as? What if he gets right?
0: reincarnated how as a... How funny would it be if he got reincarnated Oh, as, he'd be Jewish. Dude, how hilarious it would be if all like Taliban fighters got reincarnated as Afghani women. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boom my God. Got a big take that, nerd.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, Nick, what's your
2: take? hundred percent true uh you know anybody like it's just I, I was listening to a wise man talk the other day and he goes you know why they people say like a smart person uses like 10 to 12 percent of their brain because that's about all we've actually you know researched and figured out yeah yeah so anybody really who tells you use, yeah, yeah like, well no that's all we've researched so it doesn't mean somebody can't use oh yeah 80 yeah, yeah, of their
1: right.
2: brain yeah, yeah right and uh yeah, the brain can do crazy things so it's like. Maybe these people are wanting to see that, hear that, you know, and the, and the brain's doing that, right? And maybe it's like bringing closure. I don't know, but oh yeah, bring Bin Laden back as a goat—that'd <laughs> be good. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, and if you want to put it into the a spiritual sense, I think that, I, I believe that you know, there are angels and demons. Yep. All right, and. I can definitely see an angel with a purpose as a reincarnated person,
1: Yeah,
2: right? Like, you know, like I'm gonna bring closure to this person, right? They've been praying for it, they want closure. All of a sudden, bam, what's the name? Jimmy, James Hutton or whatever? You know, like bam, here's James Hutton. Now here he is, hmm. he, he's telling you what happened, right? And you know, who knows what that did? So I, I think about it that way, I, th- I think I think it exists that way.
0: So wait,
1: Michael says, "So here's a genuine and honest question: What happens with reincarnation if nukes were spewing worldwide? We uh, all get, get reincarnated as cockroaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or rats, or rats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Nobody
0: says what you get reincarnated right. as. Yeah, you know, what I mean? life Correct. is life.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could be a tree. Like, it could be a dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: if I was dog, dog. my dog, I would be happy. That dog is full of shit."
1: <laughs> but anyway, well, that's good. Yeah. That was a good take. I think it all had us. I think this is the first time we all agreed, huh? sometimes we actually had to think, think about something. I mean, we I weren't it talking is. about it Peruvians might be.
2: fighting fucking aliens and trees, so, so right. we, actually yeah, we weren't talking about, about, about the Kandahar
1: Giant and trolls and all kinds <laughs> of other <laughs> stuff. But, <laughs> I know, buddy, we don't want to get you censored because you gave us the truth about the Kandahar Giant, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll move on with that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I say anything don't tell it me wasn't questions. fifth. it wasn't fifth group whatsoever Mm-mm. yeah no. no, buddy what you got for us today you got an honesty cap you got something you brewing? know what
0: my 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 honesty cap basically my honesty cap basically is just the conversation that we had the other day you know we had a guy that would, yeah. uh was on uh btt official <clears throat> that asked a question you know like he had i guess he had asked somebody what was it? He, you know, he just had a conversation with a guy at the bar and the guy had like thanked him for his service and then Mm -hmm. hit him with the, I, I would have joined, but thing. And and he Mm -hmm. said that, yeah, it just turns him off to the conversation. And he just like went on his way. Didn't, didn't talk to him anymore or whatever. And there were some people that were like, agreeing. There were some people that were disagreeing or whatever. Like he was.
1: There were hundreds of people that were agreeing. There were actually a couple that were saying, like, don't get freaking triggered. Yeah, don't get triggered by it. But
0: the thing is, the guy didn't say that he got triggered. He wasn't like...
1: It angered him, though. He said that it angered him. He didn't say anything to the guy, but it angered him. Like, it again... But anyway, I'll let you finish. I got my...
0: When I read it, it seemed like he was more annoyed. Annoyed. And, uh... But... Here's my thing and here's my little my little honesty cap thing. First of all, it is semi-annoying. And the reason it's annoying is because there's no other job on the planet that people do that. Like nobody ever walks up. Like if Nick was an accountant, right? And I was at a bar and I walked up and I was like, Hey man, how's it going? And Nick's like Good, just uh, just watching the game, having a beer. It's like, oh man, me too. Like, so what do you do for a living, Nick? And he's like, oh, I'm an accountant. I'm a fucking certified public accountant. And he's like, oh fuck, dude, thanks for your service, bro. <laughs> thanks for your fucking tax work. I really appreciate. Hey, what you did back in fucking 2019? That shit was fucking. It was good stuff. I would I have been think, an accountant, yeah. but I just. You know, the they have the professor, grades. The math professor was a dick, and like he fucking forty one to me. You know what I mean? He was like, "What's twenty two 22 plus 22? I said forty one. He was like, "That's not enough." And then he fucking made me move to the back. Of the yeah, line I don't think I the those two jobs.
1: I don't job think those was, two jobs are comparable at all. That's I, the it's point. funny what you just uh, said. I'm laughing at what you said, but I don't think it's comparable. That's the point.
0: But that's the point. But it's also well, like. No one does that for other jobs, like, but, but for why? Because it's not like we care. Like, if you come, that's why nobody. It's like, it's like, well, I would have done all of that, but I had this other shit that I priority, I prioritize. Like, you don't have to tell me that. I'm gonna. I don't care that you didn't join the army. I don't care that you want. Right. It's not gonna make me think any. If you just said nothing, I would, it would be, we would be neutral and, and, and we could go from there and probably be positive. But when you say that now, now it's like, you're saying we're the same, except I, we, we could have been the same. Like I could have been like, for me, I don't know. it's like, it they're literally saying, doesn't trigger it's, me it's one literally bit. Like they're saying, well, I could have been SF 2 but. I had this thing with my ankle, and so you know I couldn't, I couldn't go through the that the 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 quarter of a century worth of bullshit that you did. But had I not had this thing, I probably could have been cag. You know what I mean, like or not, you know what I mean, or probably not. Like, but I do have a solution. You fucking reverse Uno. You hit them first. As soon as they sit down, if it looks like it might even go that way, you ask them what they do, and if they like, fuck, and I work at Burger King. I'm like, oh fuck, dude, thanks for the service you <laughs> made the other day. That shit was that double Whopper, just, just the right amount of ketchup, nominal. perfect. So the perfect. mayonnaise smooth across the entire top bun. I really like what you did there. Wasn't globbed. I would have worked at Burger King too. But, but I decided to get a career instead. That's what I did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe,
1: maybe I was just getting triggered more about like some of the like the bro vet stuff, like just making it, making it about themselves again. Like I served, I'm so much better than you. No, you made the choice to serve, and that's great, but that doesn't make you better than any Wait, other it, it, fucking human on this earth. You know, like yeah, it, does. yeah. it doesn't. It, that no, it
0: absolutely.
3: Yeah,
0: Not yeah. in my if, opinion, if it doesn't. You don't no. really get anything from it. Like I said, to me, it's the fact that you feel like you have to somehow make us like a you feel like i'm better than you and i'm airborne so i am and that's probably why a lot of
1: people say it too like they're they they feel maybe some feel guilty that they you know that they didn't do it now they're too well being in the airborne is like being in robo gym and they wish they would have served you know i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why people can't serve i don't know in its entirety like it doesn't fucking faze me one bit like who cares yeah yeah they're like the, the they're like the guy that showed now the now you're fucking, trolling again Nick
0: uh, was the Persians that they showed the you're Persians not serious I can tell up uh, behind up uh, behind the Spartans that's what they are they're just like yeah, they, they yeah. got their little shield and they're like I would have served too <laughs> No, no buddy you're, you're not saying that
1: it like, me, like completely you triggers you
0: up. they won't let me hold a shield yeah, you know what I mean I'm just saying yeah yeah
1: yeah I don't know it's just a
0: yeah anyway. Moving on. That's my honesty cap. Hit him first. Hit him first with it. <laughs> first. I like that. I talk
1: first. about Burger King. Yeah, I like that. Don't
0: like worry about it. But dude, what, did you, what do you do for a living? I'm a fucking corporate finance manager. Fuck! I would have done that too, but I'm not. So I awesome. say I say
2: we go a week with doing that in, in, yeah. in public.
0: Just we'll see how it works. Just we'll see yeah. how it works. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, I love
2: that. Oh, oh, we could. Oh, let's make a series on that. That's yeah, good. We could. <laughs> we yeah. could.
0: Just, <laughs> go right. just walk up to random people. It's so uh, <laughs> well, no. Arm for <laughs> No, no, our Arm no, force company is like, go go probably gonna do it now because mm-hmm. I yep. said that live.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan, oh, really? I, I'm watching you, Alan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, so that's it. that's what I was alright, buddy. I kind
1: of, I kind of, I kind of knew that's what you were gonna talk about.
0: Well, it was either that, or I was going to draw out um, the merge lane and break it into its its three sections that we all know, which is the, yeah, go ahead and get in section, which is the first one third. The second third would be the, hey, man, I'm going to let you in, but if you motherfucking let somebody else in, I'm going to be pissed because I'm only letting one person <laughs> in, not two. And then the last third is, We will burn in a fiery crash on the side of this fucking road before I fucking let you in because you're an (laughs) ass. See, that's what I wanted, and I got it uh,
1: out of them. There you go. What about what about the
5: guys that act like Hall Monitor and they shift lanes so that they're over the center line to keep you from making it into the second and third thirds? Oh, can we just so I have to tell you I have to
0: tell you that I I I think those people are are heroes. heroes.
5: No, I think they should die. I (laughs) I think they should die.
0: I have I have that guy. We are a nation lost. of
5: laws.
2: I why?
0: have 100% done it, but you know what else I have done? I have gone onto the shoulder around that guy. Hell to yeah. Kiss him off.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Foxman, thanks for tuning in, but I'm not going to read all that. There's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> we appreciate you watching, though, brother. We appreciate you watching.
2: Oh, man, what is that? Holy cow, let's see here. Oh, he's. I think he's uh... – wow. 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 Oh, I- I think I think maybe he wants us to talk about this. What? The, uh, the I don't know network. enough
5: about this. Nobody cares about Australia. Are the police trafficking meth in Australia? Sure. That's what I get from this. I don't Crikey. Know. Crikey. Wow. Hey, uh Jess, if you're watching, we need to go to Australia. Put some more things
1: on the Bobby. Let's go. <laughs> I can actually you attest can attest to, to it. it. Damn, no. Jeff! I will or, read that later. I promise you. After the show, I will read that. But we have a guest to get to, and we have an I awesome video that we're about the answer to play. To
0: that question, and is yeah. a resounding no.
1: You're a global leader
2: in risk management. What do you mean, global leader? All right, I mean, I gotta. I want to see a resume. What does it mean to be a global leader? I'm not saying you're not. I just Wait, what? I just Precisely, precisely. They're putrid. What the, the Australian Australians? Ha- oh fuck me! We're we're. Were you actually you actually do? <laughs> were you the one actually, you know, moving the meth across Australia, or like was it like a were you? Are we talking like
5: anhydrous meth, or, or is this the, the new like uh, super- son of
2: a bitch? Right, I'm reading from the a wrong conspiracy time. that says uh, Australia is not even real, so I can read this shit. <laughs> Twenty-five million dollar crystal meth deal that was thwart. So, all right, interesting. Well, hey Michael, my email address is bigroll. I'm getting by an Australian mafia uh, right now. Yeah, why don't you send me some deets and uh, we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like that. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, speaking of that, so no, uh, it's a good, good, uh, good uh, segue into our guest <laughs> Ben. Like,
5: hey, yeah. before you you play the video, I want to give a shout out to Nick Palmashano and diesel jack media if you're playing the seven minute when they put that together for us and those guys are amazing you may know nick from range 15. uh he's founder of ranger up great dude
2: yeah i, I try to troll him once
5: in a while on facebook he never It's fun. It. yeah he's yeah, a good I guy get, to
2: troll. yeah um he's too smart for it but i'll, I'll find a way he's
5: he scarily intelligent yeah you wouldn't you know, he, guess you know, it just by looking I,
2: I love when he posts that how many days in a row was it with uh travolta and uh yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis video. <laughs> Just so you know, this is the, this is the 640th straight day I posted this. To <laughs> so have love- that kind of resolve is awesome. So, I hope he's watching. Yeah. No, um, oh, awesome. So no, no, I I don't want your email, Mike. Email me. All right. I'm, I'm the star here. I'm the celebrity. All right. So <laughs> I mean, you're a global leader and all, but I'm the big girl. All right. All so, right. But yeah, hey, any shout, Yeah, big shout outs. Um, no, I'm super excited to, uh, and I'll get into the stats of the video a little bit. Super excited to have Ben on, and was hoping that his uh, better half would come on, but apparently, yeah, because disaster's over there. But um, oh my god, bro! Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been it's, chaos. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, play the play the video, Chris.
5: For decades, Memphis has been losing the fight against blight. Ideas come and go, but nothing really takes hold. Drug addiction is a
3: lingering problem across Memphis.
4: And from January to March, there have been 380 opioid-related emergency department visits and 538
5: suspected drug overdoses.
4: Deaths from opioid and other drug addictions have
0: gone up since 2020, and local organizations, along with the Shelby County Drug Court, are working to get people more treatment.
2: Police Department's Heroin Overdose Response Team has investigated over 120 non fatal opioid related
5: overdoses and about 23 possible deaths, many of them due to fentanyl. I took the picture 10 years ago and I called it the door to hell because it was very much hell out here. Ben Owen. No hope. No struggle. It was a dark, dark place. All too well. I used to buy dope out of this house uh, almost 10 years ago. I kicked out of that halfway house, kicked off from drug court, eventually bottomed out, uh, homeless in South Memphis. But where Ben hit rock bottom is exactly where he's rising to the top. He's a veteran. I figure if I can run 70 safe houses in Afghanistan, we could probably run some sober living houses here in America. And so I'm coming right back to the streets that broke me, and we're going to try to help other broken people. Everybody in South Memphis saw Jess and I when we were out there, very bad, addicted, and so for them to see us like we are now, that carries a message, and it's not a not a weak one.
0: Operation Buy Back the Block, where founders Ben and Jessica Owen buy abandoned homes, fix them up, and let veterans in recovery live for free.
4: There are so many similarities between what I did in Special Forces and what I see Ben, Jess, we fight monsters, Flanders Fields doing here, in the Buy Back the Block program. I mean, for starters, one of the programs that I worked real closely with in the latter part of my career was a program called Village Stability Operations. Imagine 10 years into the Afghan war, you decide to flip the whole script about walking down the enemy and and dressing like Robocop and putting scalps on the barn, and you go to kind of a modern day Magnificent Seven. And that means you're not only fighting alongside these cats, you are farming alongside these cats. You are helping them sort through dispute resolution issues, trafficking. I mean, you name all of the kind of sources of instability that that take a community apart from the inside out. These Green Berets are living in that community, helping these locals kind of figure that out. And that is exactly what Ben and Jess are doing here in Memphis.
5: I want to close as many trap houses as I can, rehabilitate the properties into a safe and sober living for single mom vets, other vets that have been through what I've been through, uh, trafficking survivors, any number of people you can imagine who have really been through some shit and have a desire to carry that mission forward.
2: I am the people that this organization is going to help. I was once hopeless in a similar situation to this right here. And what was once the door to hell is now becoming a door of hope. And it was given to me, and I have to give it back. And I prayed,
4: God, if you just give me a chance to get back on my feet, I'll help other than me. And I've been doing it ever since. You want help? I'm the guy to help. Why? Because somebody did it for me. There's a lot of people out here like me, you know? And, you know, I come from a, you know, really, man, an ugly background, really, you know? And, you know, I had went, in, went through a lot, you know, coming up. And, you know what I'm saying? It was like a, a great big help to me, and I just want to return something to everybody else. You know, I lost everything, man. You know, even my daughter. You know, uh, it was like, you know, the bottom bottom of the pit to me because I was out here drugging and drinking and everything except the right thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes the things that I wanted to do, I couldn't do it because you know, you know, I'm so caught up in that way. Well. That's the whole mission here, is to help those in need. Of help. And not everybody that's in need of help knows they're in need of help until they get that help.
3: Like, if we can
2: bring it out in the open and tell people it's okay that you're an addict, it's okay you're an alcoholic, come get help. We're here. Somebody is here to help you. As long as I can get that message out, I feel that we can do a lot better for the community.
4: You got to be able to stick
5: into your word and learning your schedule about the things that you need to do and learning a different way and just being acceptable to other people's guidance. If you build their self-esteem and give them purpose, believe in them, you have no idea
4: how you can turn somebody's life around. I'll tell people, my clients all the time, you guys are smart and more talented than you think you are. If they could just have somebody believe in them, man, and give them purpose, they'll go up, they'll move up. They won't go back down because they they got purpose now. Somebody gave me a hand up and taught me a new way to live. We can't do this by ourselves. Oh, uh, Yeah, we
2: got willing bodies, willing souls, but unfortunately, it costs.
4: When you do this, you go one home at a time, one person at a time, one connection at a time.
5: Your opinion does not change this world, your actions do. Because you might be the person to make the biggest change, and the ripple effect that it's gonna have from that is going to go so far and wide, and you may not even know it either. I think everybody kind of assumes we're huge and have all this funding. We don't. That's our biggest challenge now is funding. We're running out of money quickly, so the biggest challenge we've got is is getting our fundraising footprint to align with our brand awareness footprint, and there's definitely a delta there, and so trying to close that up has is, is been a challenge.
1: It's validating, and it, it just and humbling at the same time. It's it's incredible to see people come out to help.
4: Oh, and not only is it helping me and allowing me to continue my walk and grow in my recovery, but it's a chance to be able to see what kind of difference we can make. You know, I think what happened with Afghanistan, with the way that collapse happened and the way you saw these groups like Flanders and Pineapple, Moral Compass and Sacred Promise, where the hell did they come from? Like they came from veterans who looked around and said, nobody's coming, we'll do what needs to happen when the institution fails. I think that was the first shot across the bow of something much bigger. And I think if you come to Memphis and you see what, what Ben and Jess are doing here, it is it unequivocal proof that that's happening. You get help by the right people. It's a life-changing event, it really is.
5: Deep. I'm watching
1: it, Ben. For me, I know Nick already saw it, but that's deep, man. Yep. That's just a round of applause, man. Shout out Thank to you. everything that you're doing, obviously. Just phenomenal. Yeah. I know we're gonna get all we're gonna get into it. But I, I follow you on Facebook, obviously, as well. And uh, you know, your drive and stamina, all the things you're all constantly doing, man. You got your fingers and everything. So, you know, just hats off to you, brother. Obviously, making a difference and making a change. But yeah, let's uh let's get into it
2: yeah we got uh, richard on the chat says uh was that collierville tennessee here yes yeah, so,
1: owner of patriot wildlife
5: control team roofing are my boys would love to help um, yeah a team roofing so brad bell was in that video they actually uh at richard they're amazing um they uh, put a roof on the house we were actually doing that interview in. uh are they combat vet owned and operated and just huge supporters of our mission i was actually at one of their well i guess it was the vfw in collierville I think yesterday morning, I don't know, the last few days have been a whirlwind. Um, but yeah, huge, huge veteran community here in Memphis, and they've been tremendously helpful.
2: Yeah, let's get let's get to it, Ben. Uh, you know, I- introducing you, um, again, that doesn't mean that much introduction. You've been on the show before. You right. came on the live here and got Task Force Lahaina started uh, for us. And when I thought that we were going to do something, I quickly realized that, well, we already did what we needed to do. We just got everybody together. Uh, and you guys went nuts with that, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love your I, I love your sign that you, that you know it shows up everywhere. It went viral. It's like no one's coming to help. Yeah. Like we are the greatest country in the world. If we can't, if like if you think someone's going to come help us, like ain't nobody coming to help us. And we said this, this is why we started Veteran Trash Talk, right? Like if we save one life a show. You know, if we get one person to help this year, only just one, right? Like everything was worth it. And we know we're getting more than one, but we're not going to rely on the VA. We're not going to, you know, we trash the VA once in a while. We're not going to rely on the government to help each other. I don't think we should.
3: Right. That's not what they were started
2: for. But you have have taken this to the level that, you know, I hope a lot of people who want to put skin in the game are going to pay attention today and listen to your model listen to what you've done the risks you've taken and just maybe even the stresses it puts on you but you know what's the reward on that but ben welcome to the trash talk hour again welcome to the dumpster fire which wasn't too bad a one uh, except yep. for Buddy's uh whatever whatever buddy's doing, right
0: now, it's doing yoga or something but
1: yeah uh <laughs> i know we're in buddy's bedroom uh, right now <laughs>
0: I gotta iron. I gotta iron this boy's homecoming shirt. Let's yeah, go. but our, yeah Ben, take it away. Ben. Welcome to the show. What, we're not <laughs> worried about what I'm doing, man. It's great
5: to be back, guys. I, I appreciate y'all having us um, yet again, and uh, you know, you, you touched on the ops tempo, the passion. Uh, I guess the insanity with which we run at things. I've always—it's not even a mindset, like it's—it's—it's a, it's a, it's an obsession that I can't really control. And it's kind of moderation is for cowards. If you're going to do something, fucking overdo it, and that serves me well when I'm—I'm I'm clean, all right. When I'm in active addiction, you can imagine how that goes. So, just as a little bit of background—if um, you didn't pick up from the video, you know I used to be homeless and addicted on those streets. Several of the houses you saw us renovating, I have lived in. Damn died in, been removed from a gunpoint, been shot at in. Uh, my wife and I have been kidnapped on some of those streets, uh, held hostage. We were homeless, you know, lived in a truck with a two year old. I mean, just absolute hell. The, those streets are rock bottom for me. Um, and, you know, one of the news clips they used mentioned the Shelby County Drug Court. I've got to do just a, an announcement on this the 21st of October, we've got a Shelby County Drug Court Foundation race for recovery here in Memphis. Uh, Our two nonprofits, Flanders Fields and We Fight Monsters are sponsoring it this year. And then we're going to do an event the next day on that block that you saw in the video. Um, So let's talk about the block. Like what, what are we actually doing out there? So, you know, the first time you guys had me on the show, I feel like it was about the Afghan evac pineapple express We had Scott on. Yep. Well, that whole process, it, it shifted a lot of things in our lives. And I have ADHD so bad, so I'm about to start bouncing around and you're going to want to kill me, but it's, it's what's about to happen. I'm sorry.
2: No, It's so- a dumpster fire. You do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. It's a dumpster fire, yeah, brother.
5: Right. Um. So let's rewind the clock a decade or hell, even more. I've struggled with alcoholism uh, and addiction uh, since I was a teenager. Um, why is it saying, oops, something went wrong? Reload the page. Am I frozen? No,
0: oh, you're not.
5: Yeah? I'm good? Okay. Hey, you're good. Okay, cool. Um, so I've, I've struggled with alcoholism and addiction since my teen years. First time I got locked up was, uh, 14. We lived in California, you know, and that, that's something that carried through and just got worse over the years. I finally got sober and then relapsed on alcohol in 2011. I've been sober about four years. A buddy of mine came back from Iraq minus a leg long story short. We both ended up addicted to opiates. Um, I get arrested with, uh, I think at the time I had about an $800 a day habit, uh, of heroin and crack and got um put into shelby county drug court because i was pulled over with you know i was on my way home from the firing range so i had several title two weapons with me which i legally owned but they charged me like i was pablo escobar because i did have a lot of dope on me um and so they, they let me to the drug court program you said veteran. heroin
1: and crack yes you just you just uh, went full send on that i, I yeah <laughs> I, I
5: didn't from the first time i touched heroin to an $800 a day habit, I think was a week. Like, like I said a minute ago, moderation is for cowards. I overdo every, look, I even have eight kids. I overdo anything I do, okay? So, you know, it went balls to the wall real quick. And uh veterans court here in Memphis could not take me because the feds were looking at me for the gun charges. You know now thank god all of that is over with it's gone i'm not a felon we were able to get everything pled down to what it actually should have been which was me possessing my own drugs with my legally owned guns that's neither here nor there so i got put into drug court all right and they they kind of gave me an opportunity to get diversion to not have a criminal record and to get sober well i wanted nothing to do with that uh they put me in a halfway house i got myself kicked out of that halfway house inside of eight days um ended up getting kicked off drug court i was put on diversion uh i violated that and was put on probation i violated that and did a little bit of time um i was i I wanted to be clean Uh, i just could not manage to stay that way and nothing worked uh and you know in hindsight i I know now that i just hadn't suffered enough to stop i mean you you have to you're not going to stop if you've ever dealt with alcoholism or or addiction you're not going to stop until you've had enough All right. And then that was the the big problem I had was I didn't know what enough was. And I'm lucky I lived long enough to finally have had enough, which happened in 2019 after I had lost two homes, seven vehicles, my freedom. I don't even know how many times uh, a marriage, five kids. Now, we've got a lot of that back. I've got a great relationship with my ex-wife. You know, we share the kids and I've got more kids now. I met Jess, my wife, now uh, in the rooms of narcotics anonymous i don't recommend that don't ever try that it worked out okay for us but uh it was <laughs> it, <is. laughs> it ended like like, like like fight club yeah you don't yeah. want that oh, she stabbed me one time we can talk about that later um i deserved <laughs> it yeah i pissed her off she waited two years to get back at me and then stabbed me two years later but um i always fun... remember
2: they know Yeah, they're they yeah, always, plot. they always plotting sorry the comments yeah. here yeah she's um, plotting.
5: So, you know, I got kicked off drug court in 2015, uh, but I I maintained contact with this dude named Brian. Brian, actually, he was drug court staff when I was on drug court. He introduced me to Jess, and uh, the guy never didn't pick up his phone. So when I was trying to get clean and I would call this dude, he was was always there when I would call. Um, And so, you know, we're fast forwarding. Uh, to 2019, when I finally did have enough and decided to get clean, I, I was homeless. I got on a Greyhound bus, went went home to my parents in Georgia, and uh, and Jess ended up following about a week later, and uh, we called Brian um, and got back in touch with drug court. the The Afghan evac happened. We did all that, but by this point in time, we had a nonprofit to help homeless and addicted vets, uh, and we decided we wanted to stand up several living houses, you know, I mentioned in the video, we did all these safe houses in Afghanistan, and I'm skipping a ton just in the interest of time, but we bounced back pretty quick financially. Um, And so after having the safe houses in Afghanistan, we decided we wanted to stand up several living houses in Tennessee. And so I decided to approach the two people I wanted to approach least. That was the owner of the halfway house that kicked me out after eight days, um, and the drug court judge who wanted to send me to prison. And we went and presented a plan to them, essentially asking for them to, you know, bless it, sign off on it, guide us through the process to stand up some several living houses in Chattanooga. They're like, well, why don't you just do it here in Memphis and buy Rebo's, which is the halfway house you get kicked out of. And so that's what ended up happening. That set into motion a series of insane events. Now, remember, at this point in time, we only have Flanders Fields, which is for homeless and addicted veterans. We now have... Halfway houses with forty-two beds where I can house homeless and addicted vets at absolutely no cost to them, um, and we started going and doing like straight-up street outreach on the same streets where Jess and I were, you know, almost murdered, uh, or almost overdosed, almost died a thousand different deaths, and, and probably should have. I mean, it's insanely illogical to, to even try to figure out how we made it alive that we did. So we went back to the same streets and started trying to find homeless and addicted vets because they don't show up and say, Hey, I want to get clean. Like you have to do constant outreach, trying to help folks. Well, in the process of that, I would say 97.9% of the people we encountered that wanted help were not veterans, but they wanted help. And none of us on on this live or even watching this would step over the dead body of somebody asking for help just because they don't have a DD two fourteen. So Rewind again back to the Afghan evac. I got pulled into that by a Marine intel officer who was volunteering with a child trafficking organization. We worked very closely with them to make sure none of the kids we were evacuating out of Afghanistan were being trafficked. Well, we maintained that relationship and brought it back stateside. And so in a real convoluted way, that evac has fueled all of this. But we set up a second nonprofit, which has a, a narrower focus on sex trafficking. Uh, and the kids that are impacted by addiction. Um, So we're doing a lot of random things. I know they seem very disjointed, but they're not. At the end of the day, uh, what we're doing here in Memphis is we're attacking, as Scott mentioned in that video, the drivers of instability in this community. And here in Memphis, those drivers of instability, their economic insecurity, lack of opportunity, uh, lack of self-worth, and a lot of it goes back to dope um it is everywhere here uh and i i would argue and i think mpd or, or the da's office would probably back me up on this 90 percent of the crime in this city particularly violent crime is fueled by addiction or, or at least dope in one form or fashion um, and so if we can make a measurable impact on what's happening in the dope game we can actually fix the entire community so to that end what we started doing and this this is it was an insane idea six months ago but today it's working really well we uh we decided to start trying to acquire active trap houses i didn't realize that's not a term everybody knows so a trap house is a dope house it's a house where narcotics and women are bought and sold and that is literally the only reason this house exists and we went back to the two trap houses that we bought most of our dope from and found ways to shut them down Owners, and then we've started renovating them into safe and sober living for homeless and addicted vets, for uh, who are in recovery, for trafficking survivors who are in recovery, for rock stars coming out of drug court. Anybody else you, you can imagine that that really is lacking that one piece in, in the equation of their recovery journey? That one piece being housing. So we've got we've got the three big halfway houses, which have a total of I think forty two beds. Uh, and then we've got four former trap houses that were in the process of renovating. You saw some of that in that video. We've got an empty lot. We're going to turn into a playground. And then what another thing we've got that, again, this goes back to, to Pineapple Express and Scott Mann is we've got the ability to rally volunteers around a cause not just regular volunteers, the people who like really, really give a shit. And it's an interesting mix of folks, right? We've got a lot of people that show up from the soft community. We have a lot of trafficking survivors, addiction survivors. And and you can think those two populations sound very disparate, but they're not. Trauma is trauma. And people who have overcome levels of trauma like that, um, there's something different about the way they approach problems. They go balls to the wall in ways that you don't see other people go. They take risks. Uh, in safe ways that you don't see other people take. And it's really enabled us to do a lot of cool stuff. So I'll give you an anecdotal example of that that just happened today. That's why I'm so tired right now. We have this chick that acquired uh, four properties in South Memphis, like right up the street, like 10 yards from where I used to buy my heroin. And she's turning them into reentry housing uh, for moms coming out of prison. Uh, who did not lose custody of their kids. So the way this works, and a lot of people don't understand this, if, if you don't lose custody of your kids and a family member or something gets them and you get incarcerated, the day you're released, those kids are yours again. And that, that doesn't sound great. All right, not, not for really anybody. It's, I mean, it sounds good that the kids go back to mom. That's what we all want to see, but there's no mechanism there to support that. So, Chantel is standing up a mechanism to support that for these moms to, to re enter society with their kids in, in a somewhat organized fashion. She's calling it a boot camp. Well, it's her and she's got a few volunteers. Well, today we were able to get like 30 more volunteers out there and probably accomplish 10 times Thank the God. work she would have accomplished on her own. Because all these people showed up, and here's what's really cool. You want to know who showed up? The dope boy, one of the dope boys that operated one of the trap houses we bought and closed. So, oh, snap. He showed up to volunteer and help. I mean, this dude's out there with a the shovel, swinging a hammer, and that's insane. That's insane. So, not only are we closing dope houses, we're trying to bring you know, I mentioned the lack of opportunity. You're changing mindsets. You're, we're changing mindsets, mindsets now. And, and you know one of his partners, one of them is in federal prison. totally unrelated, had nothing to do with me, but um, his other partner, this dude actually got us, helped us get seven sex trafficked women off the street over a five day period of time into detox and into treatment, that's staggering. That is staggering and never in a million years did I expect that we would see this level of community engagement, I didn't think we would have this level of community buy-in, but, The more I think about it, like I'm really not surprised we can we can talk objectively about the war on drugs having been an abject failure. Nobody is going to argue with that. And this goes back to what we were saying a minute ago, Earl, Uh, we shouldn't count on the government. We need nimble solutions. Bureaucracy slows everything down. And anytime you've got government funding, you're going to have people milking it. I think that's one thing that's been really cool about We Fight Monsters and Flanders Fields is none of us take a check for doing this work. Now it's made it difficult to keep volunteers, like one hire I wish I'd made last year when we had all the money for Afghanistan. money, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was committed to nobody taking a check. I wish, you know, in hindsight that I'd hired that person so that all the fundraising doesn't fall on Ben's social media posts, but whatever, it is what it is. The, the moral of the story though, since nobody's financially incentivized, oh, since nobody's financially incentivized to you know, get any of this stuff done. It, we're all here for the right reasons. And that right. was an ADHD ridden. I don't even know. If no, that's good. That's good. Uh, it's got a lot. We got a lot
2: of questions to uh, throw at you and, and you know, Go. reinforcements. Um, you know, like, like, like you're talking about like the bureaucracy. And I don't want to get too much into that because it takes away from right. it. But, you know, it's exactly right that, you know, you got like, you know, Buddy brought a guest on, Jimmy, right? That he's running, uh, was, it, was it fishing or hunting in that? Uh,
0: Both. It's oh,
2: uh, right? yeah. Warriors for, Warriors for yeah. the outdoors. Warriors for the outdoors. Warriors right? for the yeah. outdoors. Yeah, yep. shout
1: I, out to I, Jimmy. I,
2: we, we've had a hundred nonprofits on here, you know, and what they can do with a thousand dollars, right? Oh. What, what they can save a life for a thousand dollars. Now you yeah. look at the bureaucracy and, VA and how yeah, much yeah. each each veteran, you know, is technically, you know, how much you're talking to millions. You know, yeah. it's like how, if I can save a life with a grand, again, that's just reinforcing, you know. When the government gets the money, people milk it. They put it, they got administrative jobs popping up here, 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 and here. Beautiful, big ass buildings, kind of like, you know, Baptist churches and stuff like that. It was a poor town, giant, yeah. beautiful church in the middle, right? It's like, why are there homeless people outside, right? Like, so. Exactly right. And you know, it, it, you're nailing it. And here's what I wanted to get into because we, we talked uh, about Nick, this. you're for, itching for, at it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For a task force, Lahaina. Right. Specifically, uh, when some of those, I guess I'm going to attest to what Ben said, is that they have a network that's just so fast comes together with real, like powerful people that give a shit. And it's like when those people give a shit, it's like something's going to happen. Like it's it's going to move. Right. And they talked about in that thread about because we do our, our conspiracy on the show on how conspiracies hurt good doers. Right. Conspiracies hurt the flow of money that could come in to help because a conspiracy comes out and says, hey, this is all fake, right? Nobody's actually hurt, nobody's in trouble. And then here you got people on the ground who are helping people like, why did we just dry up? It's like, because the conspiracy got out too fast. So like, and I wanted to say with one of my biases, this will lead into the question, um, with one of my biases that I've always had uh, we had a a friend of the of veteran trash talk who was real loud about his recovery, right? And but it seemed off to me, right? It seemed more virtual singling than it did like actual like I'm trying to help you with my story. And so somebody who I always try to coach people on checking their biases, my bias with you the first time I ever saw you on social media before, like I was like here we go again another guy talking about how great he is at recovery and it's like what's he what's he making from this right what's he doing what's his angle right that's that's a that's a that's a thing oh yeah right? and, and it's like 100%. so how how do you fight that conspiracy theory and how do you like how do you fight the naysayers that are like well he's he's obviously just filling his own coffers like we're really good at this shit by well, action,
5: dude. By action. Yeah. It's clear yes. as day. So that's one. You, know? yeah. you know, we have had a few people that come and say, it. I'm like, dude, just come to Memphis. Come hit the block with us and it'll change the way you look at this. <laughs> that's the easiest thing. But the other thing, you know, I, I own a company called Black Rifle and we sell data to the gun industry and it, I, I make a very good living. When I said we bounced back quick financially, we did. Uh, and so, you know, Everything we do, everything that you see we fight monsters in Flanders Fields do, uh, it's all grassroots funded. We don't we're not getting any grant funding. We've had a couple on the Flanders side. People want to throw money um, just small amounts though. But when, you know, OK, we personally mortgaged those halfway houses. Uh, my business partner, at Black Rifle, Robert and I personally signed on that mortgage. If you guys saw Sparrow House where we just had that trafficking survivor, the child sex trafficking survivor and her kid that was almost murdered. I personally signed that lease. You know, a lot of this is done out of pocket. Um, so I'm, am I profiting from the nonprofit? No, definitely not. I mean, we have our, our financials are public. We're, we're a 501c3. None of us take a check. That line item on there is a zero. So, uh, you know, face man, you hit the nail on the head, though. It's action. I mean, I literally don't have time to do anything but this nonprofit shit. We're out here doing this 18 hours a day. It's insane. Now, does that mean it's selfless? Absolutely not this like no joke this is what keeps me sober I mentioned I've been struggling with alcoholism and addiction for 30 years now almost right I'm 41 I've been the first time I got locked up for it I was 14. I've been sober and relapsed and gone back to active addiction enough times to know that something's different this time The only thing that's different this time is I have completely and totally poured my life, uh, into my 12th step. And if you're not familiar with 12th step recovery, you know Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, the 12th step is having had a spiritual awakening, we carry the message to those still suffering. And that's for me, my 12th step is what you see me out here doing every day. Um, we, I wish we had hired paid staff. I wish we were getting more grant funding because Jess and I are spending quite a bit of money out of pocket, but if, if I don't do this and I relapse tomorrow, I've already lost two houses to addiction. I can lose a third. You know, like this falls apart if I relapse. So, I don't mind coming out of pocket and doing all this stuff. It's it's an honor for me to be able to do it. I'm just grateful to be alive, you know, to even have a platform to do any of this.
2: Yeah. Um and yeah. then I know Chris asked yeah. a question cuz the chat thread kind of went out, but we got a was it Kristen uh Kristen Vaughn on the chat thread here is talking about um and he has the banner going across there. The race for recovery. So how, how? Yeah.
5: How do Ooh. people? Is, what how, is it? How, yeah. What is it? So the Drug Court Foundation here in Shelby County for the last nine years um, has has held an annual race for recovery. It's a five k run. Uh, this year they're doing it October twenty first. It's a zombie run. It's twenty five dollar registration fee. What does that mean? I'll, the zombie run, like you can come in costume. is Halloween, basically. Um, oh yeah so you can come in costumes or whatever and all the proceeds uh, from it go to the shelby county drug court foundation the drug court foundation uh, is absolutely amazing they fund the drug court here drug court is a type of treatment court which provides you can look at it as alternative sentencing i mentioned earlier i was kicked out of the program because i was not ready for recovery but if you have somebody on here that's picked up a drug-related charge and and they're ready to do something different with their life nobody benefits from them going to prison at all you know that's we talked about the war on drugs being an abject failure well that's why
0: corporate prisons do
5: exactly exactly (laughs) and and drug court provides an opportunity for somebody who is breaking the law because of an addiction to change their life and the drug court foundation funds that and the race for recovery is uh, just a fundraising event for the drug court foundation they also do a lot of cool stuff like putting teeth back in you know, young women's heads who have lost them to addiction, stuff like that. Uh, they're fantastic. So uh, that is the Race for Recovery. Flanders Fields and We Fight Monsters, both are proud to be sponsors of that this year. And let's, let's not let the, uh, the irony be lost on us that I was kicked out of drug court and kicked out of this halfway house and this year we're sponsoring the race like these these people understand second third. That, that speaks art.
1: volumes, man. Yeah,
5: right. It does. Like you know, live that
1: life, and now you're you know trying to trying to fix other people's lives or are going through the same stuff. I mean, that's just you know. What who, dude? Who would be the better person to talk about it? You know,
5: you, you brought up Task Force Lahaina, Nick. One of the guys that went out there with us is on drug court. That's never happened in history. They have never approved a pass like that. Not to mention, I can't think of a drug court client that would have been capable of doing something like that. But what we're doing here and all of these these crazy efforts you see us take part in, it, we're literally changing lives. We're giving people purpose again. And, and other addicts are finding the same thing that addicts have been finding since 1930 when you know Bill W started Alcoholics Anonymous. When you start pouring yourself into somebody that's still suffering, it makes you whole again. And that's, I think for a lot of us where addiction starts, there's a void somewhere inside us that, that we're trying to, to fill. And we've tried to fill it with substances, we try to fill it with sex, we try to fill it with things that feel good. At the end of the day, what fills that is service. Uh, you know, Kelly just said turning pain into passion. That's exactly what Exactly this what it is, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I, that's another reason I think there's so much alignment between a lot of the trafficking survivors, a lot of the addicts in recovery, and a lot of the guys in the soft community that have, have battled moral injury. There's a lot of similarities in in what's going on in their brains. I think.
1: Yeah, um, I think we've seen that a lot on the show. Nick meant like you know suicide attempts, and then they're turning that into like bettering the community. Like I mean, mental health warrior Cliff, Bobbler, yeah, Cliff. you Cliff, know, like
0: perfect yeah, we, example. We, you, you know, well, we talked about but it on like, the show uh, probably well, I think four or five shows about it or, or ago about it. You know, we we've. I think it was, it may have been one of my honesty caps, but we've, for a long time, uh, well, for the last 10 or 15 years anyway, veterans have been doing a lot of like putting their hand out and being like, you should give me, like you owe me, you owe me, you owe me. And it's time. I think we're getting to a point where maturing enough, we're retiring, like uh, our generation of global war veterans is retiring and has some time. And we're realizing that Instead of just saying, "Hey, it's all about me," it's all about me. We're realizing that giving back to the community helps us just as much as, like, getting things. You know, I think I mean?
5: it. I would argue it helps more. And you know, I mentioned when yeah. we first started this work, we You're were having trouble. Employment. We were having trouble finding vets that were ready for recovery, because we as a society have conditioned vets with they have a built in excuse to stay getting fucked up now, and yeah. that's not good. That's dangerous. That's the death sentence for an and addict.
0: And- all and cool. a prescription for it generally.
5: and a prescription for it. And, you know, it's that that's a dangerous thing.
2: That's
0: that guess we had on, you know, Dr. Gade
2: in his book, Wounding Warriors, you know, how we're coaching people to be wounded. We're coaching people to be dependent, you know, as opposed to get after it. buddy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you uh, so, I mean, you, you were a uh, you were an addict. You, you went through all of this stuff um so you would be probably the best person uh to to vet people that are trying to go through recovery or whatever how how do you vet people you know how do you you find out who you're going to give like who's got a good shot at making it who you're who you're you know 50 50 that's a tough who's one already yeah. yeah, that's you know, a great question that's a hard thing to it's it's get.
5: a tough one and it's the stakes are staggering. It is, it's, um, I've made bad decisions and we've seen girls go back out and overdose and that's hard. And, um, yeah, you can't, you can't call it. Um, you know, even as experienced as I am having lived through it, you don't always call it right. You don't always know, um, what's going to be right for each individual addict and it's different. So, yeah, I think on the one hand I am, I am really good at vetting them, and I know who has a shot. The problem we've got right now is it, it's it's fentanyl, and so when I left the streets four years ago, it was heroin. You can't even find heroin anymore. And the problem we have is when when they fuck up, they die. You, you don't have time for them to live to see that sufficient bottom. Um, for them to choose something different and and sometimes it's, you know, we do have a rock star and they have something happen in their life and they decide to go back out and use one more time. And that's the end of it.
2: Yeah, you know, and we're, you know, we we applaud you. We support you all, all of that. And, you know, you getting emotional. There is again, when you're putting your skin in the game and you're out there trying, right? You're out there doing something that 98% of Americans are just ignoring because it's uncomfortable to even like acknowledge.
3: Yeah. Right? And we we kind of went
2: through this with the MST when we first started was it's so uncomfortable that nobody wants to talk about it. And then yeah. people get so inflamed and furious about one side of that topic that now you can't have a logical discussion about it and you can't discuss yeah. how it's going to get better. Um, and then. Here's here's where to people listening and, you know, when you listen to the podcast later, you're rewatching this. Um, you know, nobody's perfect, right? And so the last thing you should do is trash somebody who makes a mistake while helping, right? Yeah. Because they've helped 400 people. That one got away. And you think about the We Were Soldiers when he called in the bomb on his own guys, you know, and, yeah. you know, Hal Moore grabs him and says, you forget about that one, right? Yeah. Is he you think that guy's ever going to forget about that one? No, like, but you, no. you have
0: to
5: move on. You no, have to you, keep going you can adjust fire and and say i'm going to do that again but you can't dwell on it right
2: and but my my message to people out there listening because there's ones out there and we know it uh and they're sitting there and they're already virtue singling it like in their own head all right that's that bias all right like get it out of your head okay it's uncomfortable for you to think about and that's what i brought to conspiracies because we talk about this with the gold star teen adventures on the fight show of how even I, and I don't know if you guys are the same, but I I never thought about you know my good friend's kids when they died. Right. I didn't I, I didn't think about, you know, obviously the gold star moms, but you know, a lot of these a lot of our battle buddies had children, right? And when you talk about the drug problem, and and like I was following the story with a little girl, you know, in the hospital, and it's like there are a lot of people affected that are innocent right yeah. and, and and who's going to stand up for them so it's you virtual singlers out there what have you done and we want to talk about spirituality and giving right it's biblical that if you give you'll get it back 10% more
5: 10
2: times more not 10% 10 times more that doesn't mean you're going to get 10 times the money right you're going to get 10 times back to you in energy in effort in, in you know in life Right. And obviously religion kind of screws all that up with that, those numbers, but like spirituality does not. Right. Like if you live for others, your life will get better.
5: Oh, unequivocally. 100%. 100%. Percent.
2: Period. Like in every there, way, every single freaking way. Right. And uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Talk about that a little, if you, if you can for a little bit, uh, just like, the innocent people that are that that are just nobody wants to hear about it so maybe they'll listen to it today like yes there is a drug problem yes women do get trafficked in the united states right and of course the conspiracies hurt you on that right you know and then you know hollywood hurts you on that like right but what what are the what are the trafficking numbers just in memphis
5: the trafficking numbers in memphis so I don't I don't even know how to answer that I mean I can tell you this all right trafficking in the United States uh, a recent movie came out I think you probably already know what I'm about to say because you mentioned Hollywood and conspiracy theories trafficking doesn't look like what the media portrays it to look like Um, it does in in very rare cases you know uh, I talked about working with the trafficking guys in Afghanistan to make sure those kids weren't getting trafficked well that's not what we deal with here in America Uh, Probably 95, maybe 99.5% of the trafficking we see, the sex trafficking we see uh, in adults and kids both is fueled by addiction. Um, As an anecdotal example, uh, back in, I think it was August, we assisted on the location and recovery of two 14-year-old females being sold for sex, actually right here in Memphis. Um, And they were pissed off when they were rescued because they were both addicted to fentanyl and they wanted to continue getting high. Now that doesn't mean they're not victims. They are children. You cannot, that's child sex trafficking. I don't don't give a shit if they're addicted or if they're, you know, supporting a habit that they're victims. So I'm not trying to take anything away from that or make them look, you know, unappealing. That's, I'm just saying the reality of trafficking in America, it is fueled almost 100% by
1: addiction. Brutal man. It's,
5: it's, it's terrible. And it, it makes it, it makes it immeasurably harder for women to hit rock bottom because the ones that cross that line and are willing to use their body as a commodity to fund that addiction, they always have that commodity. And it, it makes it really hard uh, a lot of times to get these women off. I've, I've got women out there. You think veterans have a dark sense of humor? You talk to an addicted prostitute. I've got one that, that literally makes jokes and she thinks they're hilarious about being raped that's how she copes um and she's still out there she's out there today we saw her and and i've known this woman for 10 years and and i want nothing more than to get her out of there and and have her choose a different life we've had her in rehab multiple times but she she has this perpetual fear and this feeling that she doesn't deserve better she just absconds every time so I don't really know where I'm going with that, but I, no,
2: you're going you're going right no, no, where no, I want you to do. You're going right. Like yeah. I, I I want I want you to give people listening. You know, like I said, I said we have. Is there you know, somebody's
1: like you- watching right now that's going through this shit? Well, that there's, there's somebody health, watching right now addiction, that addiction alcohol. That, yeah,
2: and there's people watching right now that think you know all the sex trafficking's like 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 you said In like now, Hollywood. Instance, like like, not, like yeah. you know, like what's it a uh, man on fire? right like everybody thinks which is very similar because of the drugs but it's like everybody thinks it's this whole organized thing when
5: it's it's as in large part it is you could almost say they've trafficked themselves in some ways now if they're under 18 that's not a thing they're being trafficked but for the adults you know we've described the situation i think enough for everybody to understand what it is and you know they're there are in the chat right now survivors of this exact scenario. I'm looking at one, and if she wants to say something, she will. But there are plenty of women out there who, to her. Yeah, who, salute to her who you have know. been through this and chosen a different life, and they've committed their life to help another woman get out of it. And, and if there's a woman watching this right now that is still going through that, dude, you are worth it. I promise you, you are redeemable. Everybody out on this thing will help you with it. Um, And we've seen countless women come out of this and turn into just absolute rock stars, saving lives left and right. And they pour their life, just like I as an addict in recovery and pour my life into this, there are tons of women that come out of that life and pour their life back into it to make sure that next little girl doesn't end up trafficked when she's 13 or 14 years old, which invariably leads in many cases to a lifelong issue. Um, We've got one out there now whose mother sold her for the first time, uh, for uh, to support a crack habit she was 13 years old today she's 46 and hiv positive and still addicted herself the worst part about that one is her mother is 14 years clean now the the one that sold her first is now clean and this girl is out there hiv positive and still addicted herself and it's but this is happening in every major city in america this is not just an issue that's unique to
1: Memphis. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not even. I a that big thing. case I, in Fayetteville? You guys remember when we were in Fayetteville? I was oh, about yeah. to bring that up. You were just yeah, about to hit on that, spring, buddy. Springland, oh, like, little buddy. girl that got yeah. uh, got
0: sold by her mom to like her mom's boyfriend for drugs, or so, and then they ended up murdering her. She was five. She was five. but the other part, rape, like, rape and, and murder. Ben, ben was talking about like, you know, under eighteen. You know, they can't have, they're they're being trafficked or whatever. It's like, but, but I mean, if you start trafficking somebody at such a young age five, 12, by the time they're 20, if that's been their life, that's just their life. It's not their. you really can't blame it on them. That's right. what absolutely they have been environmentally You're spot on, buddy. Absolutely, absolutely. yeah. Them, you you know nailed I mean? it, dude. And
5: that's they'll straight up tell you this is my life. I, they did. They do not believe they're. They don't. They yeah. don't
1: know another way though. Either they're just like
5: that's yeah. right. That's all they know. That's all they know. If yep. if they're worth so little to their own well, yeah.
0: that they yeah, well, so- it, what's 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 super weird about it, and it, and, <laughs> and veterans should especially combat veterans ought to get it because to normal people. They can't understand like how does it become normal to have mortars dropped around you and you not really get freaked out about it for people to shoot at you and you become calm like for like oh, it's because you've been conditioned that that's just normal for you not doing that is what seems abnormal and uncomfortable. Like you know, if you if you jump out of that life and you go directly into like a stable home and, you know, Dude. a job that works nine to five and having to put money in a bank account and all that. stuff, that's just for for people. And, and I mean, I, to to be honest, you know, my my sister is a was a was an addict before she OD and she she passed away from it. Right. My um, an overdose for, on heroin. Shout out yeah, to Colin. But, so everybody has some type of. Uh, it, it it's impacted all of us, right? Right. It, it's impacted people who you wouldn't think it's impacted, but but at the end of the day, you know, th- th- those people are so affected by something that is so far beyond their control. Yeah. That you know it, it's I, I I'll tell you like I the last five years that my sister was alive, I absolutely despised her, despised her. She wasn't the person that I knew. Right. She was completely
1: a different it Sucks Because you want to help person. and do everything that you can do, but yeah. they're like going to yeah. stab you in your back. But it's, right. it's, it's, but it's you, again, but, like you just but, said, but, it's but, not them. It's the, yeah.
0: And, and, well, that's you that's have to realize one, it's man. not them. It's, it, you yeah. know, it's the substance, but you always still have that hope every time they say, well, you know, oh, it's, it's different better. this time. Yeah. Like I got this job like at this place or I'm doing that you always have a hope that there that it is that different time but it's you know, it's just nice to see that there that there are people that are actually putting the skin in the game and you know yeah you're not going to save all of them no you're not you yeah the yeah the government they, would
2: love if we didn't stand up and do anything yeah, Well, you're not going to save they, they would you're, take
0: you're, you're not going to save half of them but you're not yeah. going to save any of them if you just don't do anything
1: Hey, to go, buddy, to go with what you're it saying. What Ben's, doing, though, it, with, with, what Ben's doing, though, what Ben's doing within the community and going back to these spots and creating community buy in, if that spreads like wildfire across like, all other communities, then it, it really is. You can save a it, lot of people. It can make, you know? can, I mean, this is a starting point, yeah. but it can make a huge fucking difference, you know?
2: I want to get Ben connected with Bookum as well. Um, yeah. To kind of well, we need book. to, for so sure. I remember I was talking, I was kind of chatting about that, uh, you know, a sheriff in New Jersey. He was a cop, and, uh, just being able to a deescalate cop. a situation by show. I think he's a sheriff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember that. Deescalate a situation just by showing up, right? Because yep. he shows yep. up in his community. People know who he is. They know, and it, they know that, hey, if you broke a law, you're going to go to jail, but he ain't there to, to to beat you up. He ain't there to throw everybody in jail. Let's call him this all down. But to go with what Buddy was saying and then what Dave said, like where it affects you with drug overdose, it, it, like. People will be quiet about it, but it, almost everybody has some kind of story where it, affected, where it affected them. Um, but I wanted to get into you a little bit again, because I know you have a, you're a real busy man. And so, again, thank you for taking this time out. Um, yeah, I it's great
5: way. for you all sharing the platform with me, brother. Yeah,
2: and I know it's oh, helping dude. people, right? I know it's Anytime. helping people watching. <laughs> um, let me put this the right way, because I don't want to. I don't it to be insulting to you. And if it is, I apologize. But I... I, I when you were talking about it to where, you know, you were having an $800 a day habit. Okay. So for those of you watching, like there's people that'll steal for that 800, but if you are turning a blind eye with ignorance is bliss, right. It can happen to your family in a heartbeat. Yeah. All right. It can happen to the most successful people. Now, like, like you said, Ben, you were very successful money wise. Yeah. Right. So you were able to kind of afford that $800 a day at first, right like so just i want people to hear that again just how fast it happened
5: oh it was it was near instantaneous the first time uh first time i bought heroin i snorted it and i this may sound crazy i'm terrified of needles i know i'm covered in tattoos but i hate getting blood drawn so never in a million years did i think i would actually use iv drugs but the first time i bought heroin i snorted it, and it was like i just fucking wasted that so i got a syringe from a friend who was diabetic uh, and I shot up and that was the second time I bought heroin and it was I think I spent 200 bucks 3 days later I was putting 600 dollars worth of heroin and I'd now introduced cocaine into the equation so 600 bucks in heroin 200 bucks in cocaine every freaking day
1: you Operate a downer right
5: yeah exactly I was speedballing yeah. and I, you know I'm lucky I didn't yeah. die obviously but it went that fast so Nick, three days, man, three days, three days from now always. My example is extreme, not only because, as you mentioned, I was successful financially, but I overdo everything and for whatever bizarre reason, I've always had a really high tolerance to a lot of different drugs, but it's nothing to see somebody go from, I don't have a habit to I have a three or $400 a day habit. Now do the math on that though. A $400 a day habit is six figures. All right. Most people that end up addicted to drugs are not making that kind of money. And that rapidly turns into a, you now have to commit crimes to fund an addiction. And uh, obviously addiction begins with a choice. I made the choice to do drugs, okay? Um, I may have been addicted to pain pills that were coming from the VA at one point in time, but I made the choice to switch to heroin. I made the choice to put it in my arm. At some point, that power of choice gets removed when the addiction completely takes over. And not everybody has the, the resources to support that addiction. In fact, most people don't. By the end, guess what, neither did I. You know, and you're going to do what you got to do to feed that addiction, and it, it takes over literally everything that you've got.
2: Yeah, powerful man. But just just thanks for sharing that. So again, those of you watching, um, and again, if you want to help, right? But you don't. If you're, it's not that you're scared, but maybe you're just it's out, it's a comfort zone that you're not willing to cross yet, right? There there are people that are helping. There are people that are, are out there doing it, and again. You pay taxes without a fight. Okay. Like if you got some extra cash, right. This is an organization that we will stand by as veteran trash talk. If you're listening and watching, um, like, so if you got $10, right. If you got 5,000, right. Like whatever. And you don't volunteer your time, right. Your time is worth money. Worth a lot of money to these organizations. Yeah. So, so Ben, talk about where people can donate. I know we got stuff going across the bottom. Yeah. Of the screen so, we've
5: right got the right. banner at the bottom. But for we
2: people fight- listening on the podcast later, where, where can they get yeah, it?
5: So, wefightmonsters.org is our website. We're a 501c3, so, every dime you donate is tax deductible. Uh, as of right now, nobody takes a check from We Fight Monsters. I would, as I mentioned, like to hire a development director at some point to manage fundraising for us. We do have a monthly option on the website where you can support monthly, just 10 bucks a month goes a long damn way because it goes directly into the mission. Um, you know, something else you can do. There's the, uh, the URL for the race recovery. This isn't going to work for people that are listening. Cause I don't know the actual full link, but if you're a runner, and i don't care where you live you can sign up on that link to run that 5k virtually and it's 25 bucks all of that money uh does not okay. go to us all of it every dime goes know to. know that shop. yeah
1: every dime Do We goes... doing it nick
0: hell yeah i'm, I'm gonna run it i, I, I don't 15 fucking minute run, miles right. let's go
1: nick. You and I. <laughs> if, if, if you
2: see me running you better you better start keep running.
5: up
1: too <laughs> let's go nick <laughs> but
5: look i'll be down there on the race remotely um It'll go directly to the Shelby County Drug Court Foundation. So, for whatever reason you don't want to give money to us, give it to them. They're also a 501c3. It's tinyurl.com slash race-4, the word for, dash recovery. Um, And that's on uh, October 21st. If you're anywhere near Memphis, I'll be there. I will not be running because, like Nicholas, if I'm running, there's a really good reason, and you need to keep up. Uh, But plenty of other folks will. Uh, My wife, Jessica's dad, is going to run it. He, uh, I think, was in his late 50s in 2015 when he ran at the year Jess and i met and he finished first and then ran like another five miles after it He may do it again this year i don't know um but yeah wefightmonsters.org. the two biggest needs we have right now if you click the donate now button on the website it'll take you to either an operation called we fight monsters very creative i know or operation buyback the block the video that we watched that, uh, uh, Nick Palmisano put together for us, that's where we're renovating trap houses into free housing for vets, trafficking survivors other folks. That's a huge need we've got. And then if you click the search box and type in the word Sparrow, Sparrow House is, is the house that I, I mentioned, you know, I personally leased to house uh, Jade and, and her daughter, Leah, and uh, we've got another woman that's going to be moving in with her two daughters. Um, on i believe october 9th we've got room for two more but we need funding it costs us on average about 600 bucks a month to keep one of them housed uh so again if you could use the uh the little monthly support thing and, and just throw 10 bucks 20 bucks a month at it, it makes a huge difference
2: nice there you there you have it uh do you guys have any other uh questions for ben because either he has to go back to work or take a nap
5: One of the two, uh, <laughs> i've got to go back to work believe it or not i'm, I'm heading right oh, yeah. back to- Uh, Brian just asked a really good question. Do we have any psychologists donating time? So uh, Kristen Vaughn, if you could take that in the comments, Uh, we've got, so Sentinel Foundation is uh, an organization of guys that go around the the world and kick doors and save kids. They've also got some really awesome psychologists that have have volunteered some time with us. We don't have any local here in Memphis, but I do think that would, like, we're big on mental health, obviously. Um, The kids get impacted in some pretty... Sad ways, and, and what we're trying to do is prevent and stop generational traumas. So, I think getting mental health care for those kids is great. If we have anybody out there that is a child psychologist that wants to volunteer some time, uh, Brian, that's a, a great suggestion. Thank you. Anybody else got questions? Sorry, I didn't mean to run off of that. No, that's fine because uh, my chat
1: thread's not working. This show on my is screen, about Chris. you, brother.
5: This show is about you, and what
2: you're doing now, so yeah. <laughs> As much as we love to hear, I mean, me specifically loves to hear myself talk. Like the the overwhelming point of this is to promote what people are doing great in society. And I got to reiterate it again. And we know this as veterans and Dave's getting his first taste of the VA, right? Like it's just, it it, it ain't. Man, that's just like, frustrating, like, dude. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's, and again you could get you can hit a gold mine just like any other service industry you could get you know a great waiter you can get a great doctor you can get a great bartender you can get a great you know you know tailor for a suit whatever you know like you, you can get lucky or you can just you know find the right person but for the most part the VA can't cannot physically handle the veterans they, like, they, well, they just can't not all that is the overall
5: whole like but we can one thing I want to touch on here and we run into this a lot is there are a ton of resources out there for homeless vets if you qualify for VA benefits. right? We run into a ton of guys out there that don't because they ended up with an addiction during service. They picked up a charge. They were kicked out. They're ineligible for anything. Yeah, And that's the overwhelming, that's like the dirty little secret in the system. You have guys that serve, some of them for a long time, that get nothing. And and so that's a gap we're trying to stand in on the Flanders Field side. I don't give a shit if you're kicked out. The only guy I've ever turned down uh, was the dishonorable for child pornography and uh, i'm like I, i'm sorry I oh yeah not having, no. you, you can go ahead yeah. I, you know yeah. so it's yeah you know I, I don't have anything but respect for the va that being no, said, i'm saying not
0: not against them I exist
5: to eliminate bureaucracy wherever I can. And it's hard to think of a bigger bureaucracy than the VA because they're part of the federal government. So God bless them. They have a monumental task and they're doing the best they can with it. We're here for the guys that fall through the crack, just like y'all are. And I, look, I mean, let's be honest. We're honored to stand in that gap to, to catch the guys that fall through the crack. It's not like we're, we're bitching about that.
2: Yeah, and it's amazing the power of, you know, spirituality and the power of just being there for somebody.
5: What and I, you know, twelve-step recovery is a spiritual program. You cannot do this without believing in a power greater than yourself. Whether you believe that you're going to get reincarnated as you know, as a World War II pilot, or that you're going to go to heaven when you die, it makes no difference. You just got to believe in something bigger than you.
2: That's it. Hey, Gen- General Patton was fighting all kinds of wars before World War II. He just you know, just, that's was, right. Uh, whatever. Uh, uh, the last thing I, I want to cover, buddy. Buddy's waiting for this. You know, um, is what you're saying about you know, you're always going 110. percent Uh, we had a doctor on here uh, in one of our first few shows talking about why, why veterans are a higher suicide rate than society. And it's because of like that principle that we as veterans now, I hate saying we as veterans, because I hate speaking for all veterans, but we take it to the extra mile, we will go past the finish line. Right, We were trained that when we thought the run was two miles and the CEO and the CEO went freaking another block forward just to see who would quit. Right. There were a few that would quit, but the majority of us didn't. Right. We're going to keep going and we're going to go hard. And when that comes to it's great for work. Right. It's great for love and compassion, but it's a double edged sword when it comes to drinking. And I'm a fucking prime example of this. Right. People are like, man, Nick, how did you drink that much and get up and work the next day? And it's like it's just I, I'm I'm gonna go hard no matter what I do. Yeah, I'm gonna go hard with work and then hey, we wanna crack some beers open. <laughs> Let's go. Like I, always, like I always get hard in the paint too. Ooh, I heard about that. You know, I've I've never really seen it, even with your short shorts on, but uh it's uh hard in the
0: paint. I always get hard paint no, but Did
5: that's just who we are. Again?
0: I, I no. think he put on a nice amount. Of money. No, he changed I, shirts again. I do have to uh chauffeur. This boy, so uh, I had, yeah. Do, uh, so let me, let, let, me some, some let me let get
2: clothing. to the AAR, all right. Yes, and I, I, I did I did not take notes uh,
0: like Buddy. Buddy was, was about
1: to do V A R. He had it no, all ready no. for us. That's no no no. no. I was no? I
0: was taking notes on the 5 uh, ki I'm training yeah, so that, for uh, I'm I'm actually training for. I just uh, just found out that uh, fifth group, well not fifth group, but chapter 38 of the Special Forces Association does a uh, 10K running gun every year. I uh, have not been me. since 2017. Uh, <coughs> One of the We're kilometers this year's was uh, dedicated to uh, my old medic. And so I went with his kids and his ex-wife, and we kind of watched that part of the race and the and the gun running gun thing. And I was like, I can fucking – I've got a year. I can get into shape to do this. Hell yeah. It's so much harder to get into shape than it was to get out of it. <laughs> it's – uh it sucks i've been like fucking running and like well jogging i'm jogging Yog- yogging sarge if, yogging. It's a, if it's below a nine minute mile like i looked out at my little clock and it says like 8 30 i feel like usain bolt i'm just like <laughs> yeah boy he's still got it kid's doing an 8 30 for a half a mile hey buddy it's terrible. it's terrible my
5: my 12 year old son's running seven something
0: yeah, it hurts, and it it hurts so bad. Every morning I wake up, and all of the things, like everything, like my bones and my tendons hurt. It's terrible. Yeah, I'll
2: I'll, I'll stick I'll stick with the AR for running because I'm gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna have my eighth grade daughter who is a district champion in cross country. Look at that stud! Look at that stud! Look at that! Look at, that, look at, that. Yeah, look at handsome! Yeah, she's look she's at cute. him. She's a district champion, all right, and I'm not going to take any credit for that other than my genetical code that made her tall with long legs that could run. Um, so no, but she's going to run it for sure, and then you know, awesome. I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll pay her and then I'll double that and donate it as well. Um, but yeah, she ran two miles in, in 1409. Whoa, it was, it was 97 degrees outside, 4,000 feet elevation, right? Whoa. Like, Eighth talk grade? About, yeah, talk and dude, I, I was gonna use this for my uh book of Earl next week, um, so I can kind of uh, get people ready for it. But she had lost this girl from Santa Teresa Middle School four times, and I said, Hey, I go, you know what, that girl's probably never okay. seen. Talk and Kaylin her. goes, What? I go, You want to do it? Someone else is back. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Put the pressure on her, say, get- dude.
1: Natalie's a beast. Caitlin is a freaking beast now, too, man. They're I'm like, both. get get in front
2: yeah. of her and see how she responds. I was like, if she comes back and dusts you, good for her. Right? High five her after the race and say, I tried something different, and you still smoked me. Cool. Yeah. But I was like, put that pressure on her. All right. See what see what happens. Uh and she ended up winning. So that was great. Um that's
1: amazing. Shout yeah, out to uh, Caitlin, uh, man. Yeah. yeah. She's, uh, good job, she's played,
2: Yeah, she's playing a club basketball game now. But uh, either way, that's uh, we got the race for recovery. So go check that out. The link is going down there. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, uh, it's tiny t i n y back uh, backslash race for recovery. Uh, but I'm sure if you put that in or just message us on the, uh, just message big girl at veteran trash talks.com and uh, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you the right way. Uh, Reincarnation is a real thing. All right. We've all agreed on it. Um, you know, so you can come back as a donkey all right so be careful all right so you know just it is what it is you can come back as a, a as a snail right so just watch out and then uh now yeah. the la- the last thing is is, you know Flanders fields okay we fight monsters uh what was the the build it was it build it back uh, buy back the block I, yeah buy back the block i should have wrote it down all right buy buy back the block um these are all things that Veteran Trash Talks stands by, all right? If you give them money to make that happen, it's going to go to the right place. Uh, whether you trust the big girl, face man, or buddy or not, uh, we have 135 shows. Our Our emotions, our truths are out there, all right? We have no skeletons other than the ones we really want to keep quiet. We have no skeletons that are not out, that have been out on this show, all right? So we've talked That's about some that of the most accurate. personal things ever. And Ben shared a lot of stuff. We really appreciate you coming out and talking about that addiction. And what hits me the hardest, again, is just how fast it happens. And so for those of you listening, it can happen to you, it can happen to your son, it can happen to your daughter, it can happen to your mom, it can happen, like, just like that, all right? So be your brother's keeper and stop it, all right? And do what you can, be that shoulder, be that ear. And I'm speaking from my own faults too, like, we all have to work on that Yeah. Be better at it. So, Ben, uh, before Dave closes us out, we'll give you the last word. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing what you guys got going. But last word before Dave closes us out.
5: Yeah, I just want to say I appreciate you guys so much, Veterans Trash Talk. Y'all are amazing. You've given me a platform a few times now. You helped us stand up Task Force Lahaina, respond to the fires out there, get some aid to some people in, in very, very big need. And I, I, I thank you for today doing the exact same thing, letting us get the word out about what we're doing right here in Memphis for some broken folks. So, God bless y'all, man. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, brother. Appreciate y'all very
1: much. Awesome, Ben. And shout out to hey, Jeff Creighton, dude. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that tuned in. Obviously, you can go check out the episode on veteranchashack.com. There's all of our platforms spotify apple itunes whatever all the other stuff is youtube all that good stuff and then ben dude true inspiration man just talking about the drug addiction and everything that you've been through and what you're doing now and how so many of us probably in the chat as well can relate you know losing my cousin to heroin as well um so shout out to colin thanks again for what you're doing dude i'm going to continue supporting you i, I think VTT and what Works, we're all going to continue supporting you because what you're doing is just phenomenal. And if we can create an army, that's and right. Then, you know, move from where you're at right now and then move to the next city and just keep on yes. moving along. Then I think, you know, we're fixing a huge fucking problem. So Ben hats off to you. Great episode. Catch you guys next Saturday. Love you. God all. bless y'all. Thank, all. Thank, Thank you. you.